peace to the family, peace to the family, People's Champ Radio, I go by the name of Roy Mack, every single Sunday afternoon, Roy Mack and Cash, we bring it to you on People's Champ Radio, highlight us on the YouTube channel where you can rate, comment, make sure you subscribe, hit that bell icon, you can highlight us in the podcast section of iTunes as well, iHeartRadio, we coming soon. Roy Mack, I'm flying the ship solo today, man, this spaceship. No cash again, man. We putting out an APB. If y'all see cash out there, man, let cash know that we still do the show on Sundays. Maybe he thinks we switch day. We still do the show on Sundays, so just let him know, man. <laughs> People's Chant Radio. Lot to get into today, man. Not going to be too long on here, but we got a lot to get into, man. We got... I want to touch on a little Eli Manning with that whole situation with him going to the bench. Definitely want to talk about the coaching carousel in college football with some changes going on there with some of these coaches. I want to talk a little bit about the Miguel Cotto fight. He ended his career last night. Yeah, we talk boxing right here on People's Champ. I want to talk about a little bit NBA as well. So a lot to get to. Short time to do it. So let's jump right in it. And let's start with the college football Playoff. So the teams are in. We know who's there. And I'm irritated as hell. Matter of fact, cut that music off, man. Cut that for me, man. Cut that for your boy. Yeah. We need to cut that music off, man. <laughs> you feel me? Because I'm irritated right now about how this whole thing went down, how it was presented to us, and just the whole thing in general, man, with this with this thing. Yeah, no, no, no. Cut, cut that. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, Give me some different music, man. Give me something else, man. Give me something to change this mood up, man, while I talk about this college football thing and how pissed off this whole thing has me, man. There we go. I like that. There we go. Let that ride. Let's talk about it, man. So the top four teams in the college football playoff, you got Clemson number one, Oklahoma number two, Georgia three, and wouldn't you know who won the pony? Alabama in the four seed. I got a problem with the way the whole thing went down, with the way it was presented, with the justifications for it. I got a problem with the entire situation. Matter of fact, I guess you can say <laughs> I got a problem with the college football playoff staff, record label, and crew. You feel what I'm saying? Listen, man. Everybody knew when this whole thing came out. When the rankings came out and we saw Bama after they lost in the Iron Bowl to Auburn, they got handled. We saw them sitting in the five seed. And like everybody thought, if anybody were to slip up, Bama was going to be the team that gets in. Ergo, what that teaches me and should teach all these teams is that if you lose the game before your conference championship game, you might not be penalized. You, you might actually be in the best damn position, which is where Alabama set yesterday. So let me get this straight. Miami and Clemson had to play. Everybody knew Miami and Clemson, winner gets in, loser, you're going to the Chick-fil-A Bowl or something. I don't know what you're going to. Georgia had to play Auburn. Everybody knew, winner that game, you get in, the loser, you're going to the Armed Forces Bowl or whatever the hell. Wisconsin was playing Ohio State conventional I'm sorry let me go back Oklahoma was playing TCU if Oklahoma wins they're in if Oklahoma loses TCU probably doesn't have enough to leapfrog up so maybe that was opening one door for Alabama but Oklahoma took care of business real early so we knew that door was closed so the last door that that was possibly open was the late game Wisconsin 
and Ohio State. Ohio State went out and won a very close game, tough football game. Ohio uh, Wisconsin had the ball at the end with an opportunity to win a football game, and their quarterback apparently can't play quarterback, and they lost. And as a result, Alabama is now in the fourth seed after that W. So what do we learn? Well, we learned that Alabama was in the most ideal position. They didn't have to put themselves in harm's way by playing another football game, risking any potential injury. They got a chance to watch all four teams play, do a little extra scouting. And I'm sure most of their players got to play a little bit of NBA 2K, get their my player game up. You feel me? And it's a bunch of bullshit if you ask me. So let me get so so again, let's go back through this. So Miami, Clemson, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Georgia, Auburn, all had to play and try to win a conference championship game just to have the opportunity to play for the national championship game, all while Alabama sat at home playing NBA 2K. But yet the selection committee wants me to believe somehow that this was a fair fucking process. And I hate just dropping F-bombs, but come on, man. How was this a fair process? And I know everybody, the little road tie, tie fans are all laughing right now. You mad, I know. You big mad or little mad. Listen, man, I don't have any beef with, 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 with Alabama. I don't have a dog in the race. I think I don't think that there's a um, a special team this year in college football, so I think it's wide open. Anybody can win it. I don't have, I don't have a problem with Alabama being there. I would have taken this position with any team that would have been in the position that Alabama was in. But you know what's funny? Not any team would have been in that position. Only a damn SEC team would have been in that position. And why is that? Why is it that I say only a SEC team would have been in the position that Bama was in last night? Watching and waiting, knowing that if anybody slipped up, and I know people are gonna say, "Oh well, had Wisconsin take care of business, then they would have been in." I'm, I'm, hey, it's funny to me too. Had Alabama beat Auburn in the in the Iron Bowl, they could have won an uh, uh, SEC championship, but they didn't. They were sitting at home watching the SEC title game. But now their reward for losing is now well. You don't get to play for that consolation prize SEC title, but you get to play for the grand prize, the national champion. The national championship is is potentially Alabama can win, and they weren't even based on the way this whole thing goes. They weren't the best team in their own conference. And I know their schedule, they didn't play Georgia this year. They weren't on the schedule. They didn't play Georgia this year. I think all this could have been avoided had they played Georgia. I think had Auburn, Georgia, and Alabama all had a round robin of playing each other, which Auburn played uh, both teams, but Georgia and Bama didn't play. This probably could have been settled in the SEC, but that didn't happen just because of scheduling. Or, but you know what? Let me go back. Hang on. You know, they could have played Georgia. You know how? Had they beat Auburn and gotten their ass to the SEC championship game, they could have played Georgia. We could have figured the whole damn thing out there. But that didn't happen. That didn't happen. So what we got now? Now we got Bama. Got to play a little 2K on Saturday night, watching football game on the other screen. And listen, I'm not lobbying. Don't think I'm lobbying for Wisconsin or I'm lobbying for Ohio State. Again, I don't have a dog in the race, but fair is fair. Rogue is wrong, man. And that was wrong. The, the What they sent out in terms of the president that they set, they set a standard that it does not matter whether or not you win a conference championship. So I would submit this. This is just my conjecture. I would submit 
that you're probably better off, especially let's say you're a team that let's talk like maybe a Miami. <clears throat> I know they had the loss before, but let's say they had one. Um, uh, 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 well, I guess it wouldn't matter, but that's a bad example. So let's say a team has a champion like like Oklahoma. Apparently, you know, maybe Oklahoma could have lost that game, not played in the championship game, went down to five, and then had an opportunity. You know what I mean? So it's just stupid that 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 that, that winning a conference title doesn't mean anything. It does. I, I thought that we had major college conferences, right? Big Ten, Pac Ten, Big Twelve, SEC, ACC. I thought we had major conferences. I guess the only major damn conference is the SEC that they overrate every year at the beginning of the season. Beginning of every year they do this. Every single damn season they do this. Me and Cash talk about it all the time. The start of every single year, you get six teams from the SEC in the top 15. SEC was bad this year. That's just facts. They were bad this year. Wasn't a good, that wasn't a good conference. Not at all. But it was the SEC, so all of a sudden those those wins miraculously mean more because it's the SEC and those teams got to be good, right? Kentucky and Tennessee, they got to be good. When the last time Kentucky and Tennessee been good in, in, in football? Come on, man. Kentucky and Tennessee? And listen, I'm not here because I know some people were having a, a, a debate about Oh, well, you know, it couldn't have been Ohio State because they had that bad loss to who was it? I believe it was Iowa early in the year. And again, I'm not here to defend Ohio State and their resume. But I am here to say that they are the Big Ten champions. They competed for the right to win their conference title, a feat that Bama didn't do. They had the opportunity to do that. Only in the SEC would this bull crap happen. No other conference. And it's because they overrate the SEC every season. Do the, does the SEC have some good teams? Of course they do. Of course they do. No one's saying that they don't have good teams in the SEC. That's that's stupid to say that. They got a few good teams. No, I don't think they have a special team this year in the SEC. I don't think anybody's special. But let me give you Alabama's schedule this season. And you tell me who you think special on their schedule. Right, because that—that's what this boils down to for me. Because I don't know what other argument that they're using to show that Bama is a is a good team. Were they dominant? Yeah, against bad teams like Fresno State, Colorado State, that world beater Vanderbilt over there in the SEC. How about that great Ole Miss team that they beat sixty six to three? Arkansas was really good this year, right? Yeah, I know. Tennessee, they were awesome. I know. Best wins that they had. Now, they did start the season at Florida State. Florida State ended up not being who people thought they were going to be. Now, they were who I thought they were, <laughs> to, to borrow my man Danny Green's statement. They are Danny Green's statement. They are exactly who I thought they were going to be to finish the season. But at the beginning of the year, that was a big game. They did win that game. But again, Florida State wasn't who we thought they were or, or, or who the voters thought they were. So if you look at their schedule... From, the, from an Alabama standpoint, the best two wins that they have, the best two wins that they have are going to be Mississippi State and LSU. <clears throat> and LSU. Now, depending on what you think about those two schools, it may weigh heavy, it may not. For me, it doesn't mean anything. I don't think those, te- those two teams are 
really good teams. They're decent teams. They get bolstered up because they're in the SEC. So they beat two middle-of-the-road teams, right? Middle-of-the-top 25, somewhere lower-top 25 teams. Okay, good for you. When they played a team that was in the top 10, Auburn, they got beat. Got smacked up in Iron Bowl. But we're supposed to sit there and put them at five as if they just deserve to be there somehow? Get out of here with that, man. And you Alabama fans who are who are annoying as hell, you know, just, just leave me alone with this. Because, again, this ain't no beef with y'all. But we can have it be some beef because I can really, like I'm doing right now, bust your lines down with your 47th ranked strength of schedule. And most of that is because of your little SEC schools that they overrated. Let's talk real. Don't come over me with the foolishness. Let's talk real. You feel me? I'm not letting Georgia off the hook either. They're in the SEC, so Georgia's schedule ain't too much better. Let's be real. <laughs> you feel me? Georgia's schedule is not much better than Bama's schedule. Now, Bama did play that great Mercer team at the end of the season. I know that was non-conference, but, you know, they had to throw in that Mercer game because, you know, you know it's Mercer, right? But let's look at Georgia real, real quick. And I'm going to get to 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 the U as well. I'm going to talk about them, but let's go to Georgia first. Now, it's one, it's a few things we don't talk about here on People's Champ Radio. One of those things is we don't talk Notre Dame football or Notre Dame sports. Um, I don't give a damn about Notre Dame as a staff, record label, or as a motherfucking crew. And if you want to be down with Notre Dame, F you too. And you can tell Mike Golick I said that. I don't mess with Notre Dame at all. It's a great day when Notre Dame loses games. So they played Georgia start of the game, or start of the season at Appala- uh, uh, against Appalachian State. Whatever that does for you. They play Samford. Again, whatever that does for you. They play Mississippi State. Then they run off those the rest of those SEC tough teams. Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Mizzou, South Carolina. Florida, they were really good this year, right? I know. Best team they played the whole season was Auburn, the first game. They lost 40-17. to Now, give Georgia their credit. They came back in the championship game and took care of the business. But they had to win on their side of the SEC, the SEC East, to have the opportunity to play for that championship game, unlike Alabama. They didn't take care of their business in the West, so they didn't have opportunity to play for that championship game. We have to go back to do these championship games mean anything or not? Or is it if you're in the SEC, yeah, it kind of means something, but not really. If you're in the other conference, you got to win your... I would rather the committee come out and say that. I would rather the committee come out and say, listen, if you're not in the SEC, you have to win your conference tournament uh, or your conference championship in order for you to get in the in the college football playoff. You have to. Because now we're being intellectually honest. What they did was bullcrap. I can I can actually make a make a case for Wisconsin being in the four seed. Lost one game all season. Lost a six point game to Ohio State in their conference title game. They had the ball with a chance to win at the end. Their quarterback apparently can't play quarterback, and they lose the game. Now. That's a good Ohio State team. I know you're going to bring up that, that Iowa loss. But again, what are we talking about? That's what I need for this thing to be more transparent. What are we talking about, right? What the hell are we talking about? Is it that wins matter? Do style points matter? Is it all of the above? Do you have to win a conference title? Because a lot of people were saying, well, had Ohio State beat 
Wisconsin the way Clemson beat the U, then Ohio State would probably have an even better case and they probably would actually be in. I call bullshit on that because now what you're saying is run up the score. That's what you're saying is run up the score. And see, when that happens, now you open the door for, oh, well, what about the sportsmanship? See, I, I need this to be consistent. Either we're going to score as many points as we can or we're not. Now, understand, if you're doing that as a coach, you now open your 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 team up to injuries that they probably don't need because you're up 40 to one, 41 to 3. But you want to make it look good for the committees. So now you got to try to blow them out by 60. But it's a bunch of bull, man. You know what I mean? I'm not happy with it just because I, I I think the conference championships needs to mean something. I get it. They're a two-loss team in Ohio State. I get it. Wisconsin, they just lost. But I also get it that Alabama didn't play a damn game. And it wasn't because they didn't have one scheduled. It's because they lost. And they didn't have the right to play for the SEC championship. But now, because of some people in a damn boardroom, they have the right to play for a national championship. And I'm saying that's a travesty. That's what I'm saying. Me and Pac. Me and Pac saying that's a travesty. That, that That's where we are. So what should we do? Let's talk solutions. Should we, should we extend it to six, eight teams? There's always going to be somebody left out. But it's definitely a much easier conversation when you're leaving out the 9 and 10 team versus leave versus you're having a conversation about who should be 4 or 5. You understand? Because do I think Alabama should be in the top 8? Of course. One loss team. Based on the way that, that, they, um, that they weigh and overrate that conference, they have one loss in that conference. I would put them in the top 8. I would also be cool with them not being in the top eight. But I get it. There are one-loss teams. a lot of two-loss teams out there. So I'm cool with them being in the top eight. But we got a top four. Alabama is like the Dallas Cowboys of college football. People know that Alabama moves the meter nationally over the last, what, six, seven years. They move the, they move the meter television-wise. Revenue wise, they move the meter. And so if you have a playoff, you know, don't think politics didn't play a damn role in this. Don't think that for a second. Of course, politics played a role in this whole damn thing. And now, look, we got to sit back and wait until what? New Year's Day before these games. And I know there's some other bowl games going on. Who gives a damn about those bowls? We want to get to the meat and potatoes. That's another thing college football got to clean up. We play these championship games beginning of, this, uh, of December then we don't get to the meat and potatoes games until January until the new year the hell out of here with that man that's that's ridiculous it's a damn money grab that's all this is a money grab and everybody knows it everybody's in on it and everybody's getting paid except the people out there actually putting in the work speaking of getting paid some coaching changes in the NCAA I'm going to keep my Pac music on for this because this is pissing me off too. Jimbo Fisher decided to leave Florida State. Taking his happy ass down to Texas A&M. Well, the grass is greener if you understand what I mean. That paper is looking pretty for him out there. I'm not mad at him for getting his money. You know who I'm mad at in this whole thing? With Jimbo Fisher, 
I'm mad at his quarterback that came out. I saw an interview with TMZ he did, in which he was saying how shocked and surprised he was that he didn't even get a phone call or a text from Jimbo Fisher saying that he was leaving. That's who I'm mad at. I'm mad that nobody gave that young man the game about how this thing really goes. I'm mad at that. That's what I'm upset about. Here's what I would tell that young man. Ain't no love. Ain't no love. They don't love you. Think Jimbo, you fell for Jimbo Fisher in that sales pitch, sales pitch when he came and sat in your living room? Don't fall for that, man. Don't fall for that. Listen, they had the people had high hopes for 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 Florida State this this season. How did that work out for Florida State this year? And that's exactly what he did. One more time. Took money <laughs> and went down there to A M. Took that Kevin Sumlin job, and he's gonna make you try to do what it do down there. I'm not mad at Jimbo Fisher. Again, it's the system. I understand it, but I need for these kids to also understand this is the system. This is the game. So what do I say to the kids? Get what you can get while you're down there. Whatever that means to you, that's what it means to you. Get what you can get while you're down there. You understand that? If you can get education, get education. If you can get to the NFL, get to the damn NFL as quickly as possible with the with as, uh, with the, as least... Uh, what the hell is the word I'm looking for? With as few bumps and bruises as possible, right? Take the least amount of damage that you can possibly take and get the hell out of it and get to the NFL. Don't try to stand around there and say you want to do this, you want to come back and, and win one for the team. And you No, 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 no. The moment you're eligible to get out of there, get the hell out of there because ain't no love. Ain't no, nobody plays for the damn team on the front of the jersey. That's a damn lie. Jimbo Fisher knows it and the rest of them that leave, they all know it too. Nobody plays for the team on the front of the jersey. Coaches play for their, for their bank accounts. That's what they're coaching for. I'm not mad at that. Get your paper. But let's start being honest. If you don't know what I would support, I would support rules and regulations to where coaches couldn't do things like this, to where coaches... had to disclose this or they had to run it by or they had to had to have something in place because understand you get a lot of kids that they're not going to some of these schools because they just want to go there that's for a lot of these kids these kids are going there a lot of them to play for certain coaches why because that coach can get them to the NFL potentially why? Because that coach has some good connections and he knows some people. That's a good thing for me. I want to go to the next level. I want to advance. That's why they're going to a lot of these schools. Think somebody wants to stay in Norman, Oklahoma or Stillwater, Oklahoma? No no, no shots, but that's just real shit. Nobody wants to be down there. You're down there. Why? Because it can, it can advance you and get to the next level. That's what that coach has sold you there. But you know what that coach can do with the drop of a damn hat? chunk you to deuce and get the hell out of there the moment he wants to and nobody cares anything about it and people give me a bunch of damn capitalism talk they tell me about how oh well what are you gonna do he you know he gotta support his family too he gotta do what's best for him i know i'm just saying these kids should start looking out and doing what's best for them so what i say is this 
If you're a guy, you know you're on the radar of the scouts. Maybe you don't put yourself in harm's way and risk potential injury out there trying to make a certain type of play. Maybe you pull back, make a business decision. They make business decisions. Right? I don't know, man. That's just my feeling on this whole thing. You feel me? More coaching news. Chip Kelly's in that US, uh, UCLA. Jim Moore's out. Jim Moore should have been out. That's what Chip Kelly did. What do he do? What do he do? That's exactly what he did. I'm not mad at Chip Kelly. Now, the NFL money's good. I'm not mad at that. But we in the, Chip Kelly knows this. He knows the, he knows the college game. You go to the college, you got the money. You don't pay for anything when you're in these college towns and you're the, and you're the head football coach. He knows what's going on. He knows the game. Going to UCLA. Pretty good hire for UCLA because I think his system will work. We've seen it work. His system will work in college again. It's three states historically in college football that you want to be able to recruit. Texas, Florida, California. Those are historically the three states you want to recruit. I know Alabama want to say some crap, but I know Alabama at the same time too. Y'all produced some, some NFL players here over the last, you know, several years. But those running backs have been very suspect. Those running backs have been very suspect. I'm even looking at you too, Sean Alexander. But historically, you want to look at three states. Texas, Florida, California. Those three states you want to look at. So if Chip Kelly can recruit California heavy, get a couple other kids, and he's showing he can recruit. So now you're looking at a guy who could potentially do some real good things there at UCLA. It's a great school. They have a tradition. They haven't been good lately, but they have a tradition there historically. So we'll see. Some new information that I just saw come out. Apparently, Arizona State, I guess they're dotting the I's and crossing the T's, but apparently Herm Edwards is going to be their new head football coach. Can't say that I saw that coming. Now, Herm, who we all know has been at ESPN for a while now, 63 years old. We all know his NFL ties. Played in the NFL, coached in the NFL for a long time. Interesting with Herm. I didn't think he would go the college route. I think Herm's a good coach, NFL coach. I think he can teach the game. Here's the problem for uh here's gonna be the issue with Herm. Can he recruit? That's the problem in college football. Matter of fact, let me let me let me let me, let me change my mood up, man. I'm not in such a bad mood no more, man. Yeah, turn that off, man. Yeah, I'm not in such a bad I'm not in such a bad mood now, man. But with, with Herm Edwards, it's gonna be can Herm recruit? That's gonna be the name of the game for Herm. There we go. So if Herman can recruit, we know he can coach. You know, going back to something I was saying earlier about some of these kids, that's a guy that had that you know he has NFL ties. You know he has the connections and he can get you to the next level. He can tell you exactly how it's supposed to look and how it's done on the next level. So that's a guy that I look at and I say, if he can go out and, and he knows how to recruit, again, you're looking at Texas, California, Florida. He's going to be on the West Coast in Arizona. But, I mean, you know, technically West Coast, but, you know, he right there tonight, right still close to Texas. Can he get some recruits at Arizona State? 
known as a party school now in Arizona State. Maybe that's a selling point. I don't know. Herm's a little old school. He might not want to sell that for that point in Arizona State. But we'll see. People's Champ Radio, man. I'm Roy Mack. Rocking with you on the solo tip. Went solo on that ass, but it's still the same. You dig? Hit us up on the YouTube channel, man. Make sure you rate, comment, subscribe, hit the bell icon, get that latest content when that drops so you can be notified for that new ish hit us up on itunes in the podcast section as well iHeartRadio, radio we coming and listen man you already know what the deal is with this people's champ radio train you want to make sure you jump on it now you don't want to wait and like mess around maybe i should get there maybe you want to jump on it now because once the train get rolling can't get no more free randy you feel me? You can't get no more free, Randy. This is the place where you come to get this real real deal stuff. You know, we, me and Cass, we always say we do radio with no chasers. That's the kind of radio. We do no chaser radio. That's what we always say. Because we give it to you straight. It's not going to be what we, well, what does he really think? Or how is, no, no, no. It's not a political answer. We give it to you straight. We do no chaser radio around here, man. You're going to hear the truth first over here at People's Champ Radio. Speaking of some truth, let's tell the truth about Eli Manning. But before I do that, you know what? Before I do that, I said I was going to touch on the U. Let me touch on the U. Embarrassing the University of Miami. That was embarrassing. Are you kidding me? 38-3. to three. Scored those three points in the fourth quarter. So really it's 38-0. 38-house. Back-to-back weeks losing. We asked the question here several times. I asked Cash. Is the U back? We were thinking, yeah, the U was like they're back a few weeks ago. And now I put this on coaching. Got a young U team over there. They haven't had that type of success as a as a unit. This is all very, relatively new. Everything was moving fast. Back to back weeks, you lose. You got embarrassed this Saturday by Clemson. And I know they had some guys that were hurt. Thirty eight to three though. Here's the deal. They could potentially lose their bowl game, ladies and gentlemen. And if they do, that means that they would have ended their year on a three-game losing streak. That, my friend, points to our coaching. As a coach, you got a young team, young guys experiencing a lot of success now. Nationally, people are looking at them now. Turnover chain's gotten big. Some of the old players from the U.S. are coming back around. Seems like these guys started reading their own press and maybe, just maybe, they started believing some of the hype. That's coaching at that point. Coaching has to step in and make sure they're focused. They weren't focused two weeks ago when they got beat. I think they were probably looking forward, looking ahead to that Clemson game. And then, be careful what you wish for when you play Clemson. You saw exactly where you were. You know, sometimes in sports, when you play someone or you play a certain game, you really get to see where you are. How far do we have to go? Are we there? How close are we? 38 to 3. That's exactly how close you are, Miami. Got a long way to go to get to that elite level. That's okay, though. It's okay. They can build on that. I like to see them do something different at quarterback. No disrespect to the guy they have now, but I like to see something a little different. And uh, we'll see. But that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing last Man, that was that was bad. That was bad. I expected them to put more of a fight than that. I wanted to see more. That I mean, every aspect of the game they got beat up on. It just, that was bad, man. That was bad. But let's talk a little Eli Manning, man. 
People up in arms all week long about, oh, he's not going to start. Geno Smith's coming in. It's going to end his streak. Okay. Here's the deal with Eli. If we're being honest, and that's what we are here on People's Chat Radio, and you should be too. Eli Manning ain't no damn special quarterback. Let's keep this shit real right now. Let's talk real talk. Eli Manning is not a special quarterback. You talk about quarterbacks from his era. How long do you take before you get to Eli Manning? I know he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. I know where we at. New York in the house. I would submit to you he backed his way into those two titles. I would submit to you a hell of a defense and a decent and a solid running game. Put him in a position to basically do some bullshit. The Tyree pass, he just threw it up for grabs. Yeah, I know he got away from the defense. I know. I give him props for getting away. What is he supposed to do? Just let himself get sacked? Of course he's trying to get away. Then he just threw the damn ball up for grabs. Lucky for him, we got to see one of the greatest catches in the history of football. I often say Eli Manning is such the opposite of his brother. His brother overthinks everything. I always said about Peyton, people bag on Peyton in the playoffs. Here's here's my theory about Peyton. This is not to suck off Peyton, but here's my theory on Peyton. I think Peyton was so smart about the game that some of his interceptions were because he knew what the defense was and where they were supposed to be. And, you know, sometimes as a defense, you make a mistake and you're in the wrong position. I think he would let some of those balls go knowing that a guy is not supposed to be there. But because those guys see Peyton Manning, to, to, to take it to a video game level, Peyton Manning, the way he views, this is my opinion, the way he views defenses, it's as if everybody on the defense is a 99 overall. So all of them are just perfect. They're going to know exactly where they're supposed to be in this defense. But that's not how it works. Sometimes a guy's not going to be where he's supposed to be. And when he's not, you know, you throw that bullshit up there, he gets picked off. Now, his brother, on the other hand, this is the only reason I'm making that point, because his brother Eli, man, Eli can give two shits less. Eli just throws it up there. Never really an accurate quarterback, right? Doesn't really put it on the money. Not really a big arm. He can throw it, but not a, you wouldn't say he has a big, huge arm. Not mobile. Can't get away from anything, really. Not a real mobile quarterback. Pretty good pocket awareness, but not a mobile quarterback. Just the kind of an average, middle of the road, a little bit above average quarterback. And so he's not going to start and I'm supposed to be broken up about it? Now, here's what I will say. That coach better be careful. Because if you're going to have those big nuts step out there and sit a quarterback who's healthy, who can play, who's a two-time Super Bowl champion in the city of New York, this year's done. We know that. But next year, you better start producing. If you want to shake things up and kind of do and come in and do stuff like that, you better be able to show and prove because right now, I don't think he had the cachet or the equity to make the type of move and be and, and be safe. Not in the city of New York. So we'll see how this is working out with How's it going to work out with him? But Gino played solid today. Gino didn't play bad today. Over 200 yards passing, no picks, a touchdown. He didn't play bad today. They lost. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's the Giants. They're going to lose anyway. Team's a mess. Yeah, me over here on People's Chant Radio, we're not broken up about Eli Manning over here. Not on, not on this side. We're not broken up about the Eli Manning situation one bit. If you are, let me know. But middle of the road quarterbacks, a little bit above average quarterbacks, I'm fine with them sitting down. Because listen, here's the deal about Eli. He's always been a high interception guy. 
always look look back at his it from he you know he just throws the damn ball up for grabs. He's been blessed to play with some really good receivers. People Champ Radio, man. It's Roy Mack. Rapidly coming to the end of the show. We're not going to go too long today. But I do want to talk a little NBA. I'm going to give about another 15, 15 or so games for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, I said it. If you listen to People Champ Radio, you know that they were my pick to go to the Western Conference Finals. I still stand behind that pick. If you were to ask me today my level of concern, I would still tell you zero, even though they're 9 and 12. I would still tell you my level of concern is zero. I'm going to give them about another 15, maybe 20 games. At which point, when I come back and reevaluate it, I may be out on, <laughs> out on them. What they need more than anything is maybe a 12-game stretch where they go like 10 and 2. The one thing, the reason I'm I'm at a zero still even today is because their defense, like I've said time after time here on People's Champ Radio, their defense is superb. I've said that for weeks now. Their defense is good. And I just think that three guys that good offensively eventually will figure it out at least how to play through to get to the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs. I have to think that's still going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. How about those Cavaliers, though? People, y'all were all going crazy over here on People's Chant Radio about how the Cavaliers are done. LeBron's looking old. The team's looking old. Ran off 11 in a row. And I know people say, oh, well, who they play? Oh, I don't give a damn what they They play another NBA team. That's who they play. 11 wins in a row. What you, you want to do, lose those games? You didn't tell me who they played when the Celtics, when, when, when the Celtics win. Y'all don't talk about who they played. 11 wins in a row, man. LeBron told y'all he was tired. I told you I believed him. He don't look tired no more. He's balling. I think he got his legs back now. The East is still Cleveland's to, to, to lose. I told you I, I not for one second did I buy into the Celtics. It's a great story. It, it, it's going to sell some newspapers. Understand, they cannot beat the Cavaliers, all things being equal, even with a healthy... Um, What's the kid's name that just got hurt? Even if he was healthy, they would still they would still beat the Celtics. I don't give a damn. You can put the Celtics at full strength. And LeBron would still find a way to beat that team. Gordon Haywood, that's the one I'm looking for. There he goes. Even with a healthy Gordon Haywood, Cleveland still wins. And now I'm seeing that Isaiah... Looks to be participating in some shoot-arounds, participating in some practices. Understand, that's an 11-game win streak without Isaiah Thomas. This is what you got to understand. The guy that the trade was made for is Isaiah Thomas. I know Jay Crowder was in there as well. But Isaiah Thomas is the one that balances the books, to use an accounting phrase. Isaiah Thomas balances the books. Right now, they're playing with unbalanced books. They're missing a... They're missing an all-star. Any other team would be in trouble missing an all-star. He's an all-star. Cleveland's going to be fine. The Warriors are coasting. Watched a few games from them. They're coasting. They lost to OKC. I thought that was going to start something for OKC, but they went right back and reverted to what they had been doing. But, you know, listen, the Warriors are coasting. I watched the Warriors play the Lakers a few nights ago, coasted through the game, went to overtime, then they finally went ahead and put the game away. It's going to be interesting to see them come June. 
come playoff time. Because at this point, they're just waiting to flip the switch so they can get to some real basketball. Should be fun. Should be fun. Speaking of the Lakers, however, can't talk basketball these days without talking a little bit of Lonzo Ball. They played the Denver Nuggets the other night. Funny thing happened at the end of the game. Jamal Murray, who housed, who housed Lonzo Ball last night for 28 points. At the end of the game, when he was dribbling out the ball, um, Lonzo's kind of like at half court. He's like heading to the bench, walking off the court. And Murray dribbles, bounces the ball on one side of Lonzo and runs on the other side and, you know, meets the ball on the other side. And, of course, his Laker teammates took exception to it. Lonzo just kept walking as if he didn't see what just happened. His, the teammates took exception to it, and they came and gave a hard foul to Jamal Murray. I thought it was hilarious. Listen, here's the deal with Lonzo Ball. People are saying this is just his personality. He's laid back. Those guys were kind of going at it during the game. Murray was going at him the whole game, talking trash, going at his head. At a certain point, you mean, this, here's what this reminds me of. It reminds me of a little bit of Blake Griffin. You remember his first few years in the league, how guys were just literally snatching him out of the air? I said then he's gonna have to punch the hell out of somebody. He's gonna have to at some point you gotta stand up for your damn self. And I understand this may be Lonzo's personality, super laid back, super chill. But understand, bro, you can't, it's a certain way you that you can't let people handle you, right? I know Patrick Beverly got in his grill. Not everybody's Patrick Beverly, so I get it. That's the that's Patrick Beverly's, that's the only way he can stay in the NBA is to play like that. So I get it. But you can't have the way the way Murray was handling him throughout the game and talking. And then the, even at the end, he tried to just walk off the court like it was nothing. At a certain point, man, you're gonna have to, you know, you gotta, you know, bow up and say, all right, enough is enough, man. You understand? I'm not saying you gotta get in the fisticuffs because I know ain't nobody in the NBA about that kind of life. But I'm saying have a damn backbone, Lonzo. Come on, man. So we'll see what happens there. With the Lake Show. I like what I see from Brandon Ingram this year. I was ready to write Ingram off last year. I'll be 100% honest with you. Ingram's looking good now. Playing good ball. Kuzma's been the surprise over there. They got a future in LA. I would probably move Julius Randle. I would also probably move Lonzo Ball. Yeah, I said it. Julius Randle, I believe, is a no-brainer. I think you pretty much have to move him. As far as Lonzo goes... Just, just as a personal preference. I understand that, they, that they're not going to it anytime soon. I would. I personally have seen enough from him. Nine points last uh, against the Denver Nuggets. He had nine points, nine rebounds, five assists. People get too excited about those type of numbers from him. Listen, I don't need my my I don't want my point guard to be a good rebounder. I got forwards and centers for that. I mean, you can get some rebounds, but I mean, you get I mean that that part of the game is not impressive to me for him. And that whole, see, understand, you got to watch those games. Watch when he gets these big assist numbers. Watch how magically a lot of those big assist numbers from him happen at home. Wonder why that is. Has nothing to do with him playing better at home. Hint, hint. But a lot of those high big assist games, go back and look. Look at where they're playing at. Guarantee they're playing in L.A. Most of those games. Old trick stat keepers do for the home team point guard to where magically, magically for the home team point guard, everything's a damn assist. You throw the ball to any, you throw the ball to somebody, they take five dribbles, a crossover, pullback, jump stop, spin move, lay it up, switching hands, and one, 
still get the assist for it. And I'm not saying it's only him. I know it happens to other teams too, but it's very blatant. Watch some of those games. Watch some of the credit he gets assists. People just look at the box score. They can't go back and tell you those assists. They just look at the box score. Go back and watch those, some of those assists. He'll throw them. Because understand, most of these assists are when he's just throwing the ball up the court. So he just throw the ball up the court. The rule's supposed to be you get two dribbles. And if that two, if, if on after those two dribbles it leads to a to a to a bucket, you should get an, you get an assist for it. Well, this guy throws the ball up the court. Guys are catching the ball. They're going full uh, uh, crossover stick, you know what I'm saying, 2K style. They hitting dudes with spin moves around the back, you know what I'm saying? And they still giving Lonzo the assist. So it is what it is, man. I'm not shitting on Lonzo. I actually like the way the ZO2s look, the new joints. I like the way them joints look. Nah, listen, I'm not finna buy no $500 damn Lonzo ball shoes. But, you know, if we bring the prices down a little bit more. Or maybe if a uh, big baller brand want to support the... People's Champ Radio movement, you know what I'm saying? They can they can donate some shoes, throw some shoes over here for us, man, for uh, on, on some sponsor talk. Lavar, holla at your people, man. Holla at your boys, Lavar. <laughs> People's Champ Radio, man. Roy Mack on a solo tip. APB out on cash. Yeah, we still do the show on Sundays, Cash. Holla at us on iTunes. Hit us up on YouTube. Our radio, we coming. No Chaser Radio is the movement. Getting ready to get up out of here, but before I go, I want to talk a little bit about Miguel Cotto. Ended his career last night. Lost a really tough fight against Saddam Ali. Good fight. Fun fight. Right guy won. I didn't think they would give it to Saddam. Miguel's last fight in New York where he became famous in Madison Square Garden. I didn't know if they, if, if they would give it to Ali because there are no knockdowns throughout the fight. Although Miguel was visibly hurt several times throughout the fight, but no knockdowns. And I thought maybe, just maybe, because it's boxing, <laughs> for one last time they would let Miguel just ride off into the sunset with a, with a close victory. But they didn't. They gave the, the right guy one. Right guy one. Now, Miguel said that he tore his bicep, he believes, in the seventh round. Very possible. He did look like he maybe he did something to his arm. But it was time for Miguel Cotto. It was time. 37 years old, been through a lot of wars. Probably his best win is the one against Shane Mosley. Outside of that, he lost to every single top guy of his generation. That's not hate, that's facts. He beat Zab Judah, but everybody beats Zab Judah because he fades at the end of fights. A lot of my Puerto Rican friends say, oh, but he gave Floyd a good fight. That doesn't that doesn't equate to a win. I'm sorry to tell you that. If that's the way you feel, that's the way you feel. That doesn't mean he won the fight. I don't feel that way. I thought he was aggressive against Floyd. I don't think for I think I may have given him given him two, three rounds max. He's a good fighter. I like watching Miguel Cotto. Miguel, I'm a Miguel Cotto fan. I'm not I'm not shitting on Miguel Cotto. But I think people start trying to overrate him because he was what people consider to be a vulnerable champion because he got that means translation he got hit a lot. So because he got hit a lot now, we got to give him some kind of, you know, I guess a damn participation award. I don't know. But he was there for fun fights. It was fun watching him. I enjoyed it every second of it, even last night. So he's done now. Saddam Ali is actually talking about moving back down from 154, going back down to 147, campaigning there. He looked good last night. 
Of course, it, was with, it, was, it gets older fighters. So I don't know how he's going to look against those young boys at 47. A lot of killers out there at 47. I don't know how he looked there, but we'll see. We'll see. But salute to Miguel Cotto, man. I know I was kind of... <laughs> I know I'm saying this salute now. It's kind of rough. But look, I like Miguel. But I got to be, you know, this is no chase of radio, man. We got to give it to you straight. Shout out to Miguel Cotto, though, man. Good career. We're going to have to come back and do a special on Miguel. Talk about where he ranks amongst Puerto Rican boxes. And, you know, where he may rank, you know, pound for pound all time. Or maybe just amongst the welterweights. He's one of the better guys. But when you start stacking up against the real bosses, it is what it is, right? Lost to Pacquiao, lost to Mayweather, lost to Canelo. These are just facts. It's not my conjecture. I will say this for for, for Miguel. The Margar- that Margarito fight, I will acknowledge that that probably did take something out of him. I'll acknowledge that with full disclosure. That probably did take something out of him. That's back when Margarito allegedly, apparently, was wrapping his hands with plaster. And he put a beating on Miguel Cotto. You can see it all over his face. It was He just bludgeoned him. It was terrible. So, you know, he... he he probably did take something away from his career. And I, I, I would even acknowledge that probably he wasn't the same after that. I don't think that you're ever the same in the fight game when you take a real beating. I don't think you ever come back fully the same. But he, he was a warrior. He fought on. And he did come back and avenge that loss later on. I thought Margarita should be banned, stripped of money, fined, jailed, everything for that. I mean, that's ridiculous. But I would say this. Antonio Margarito ended up, ended up getting his just due. He got some ass whoopings on his way out. Well-deserved ass whoopings. We're going to get out of here, though, man. People Champ Radio. Hit us up on the YouTube channel. Rate, comment, subscribe. Hit the bell icon so you can get notified when that new ish drops. iTunes in the podcast section as well. iHeartRadio, we coming. Every single Sunday afternoon, you know what it is, man. People Champ Radio. Cash, we looking for you, man. People Champ, I holler.